Billy Super Sounds of the 70s. All right. Welcome back once again to the Organic Football Podcast. And, you know, we've uh, come a long way, uh, me and the fellas, my co-hosts. And, you know, here we are just still getting you guys prepared for the uh, 2020 season. Everybody's got their fingers crossed that it's going to go off uh, without a hitch. Well, can't really say without a hitch. There's going to be plenty of hitches and bumps in the road, I get the feeling, but... As long as we get some football, it'll be all good. But uh, Brad, my co-host, I'm sending it over to you today, buddy. And uh, just kind of check in, see how your week's going, man. Uh, it's going pretty good. Uh, give a big shout-out to my cousin Chris. He actually got hitched this weekend, seeing how you said it. So I'll give a little shout-out to him. But, you know, just did a little uh, relaxing by the pool today. And uh, kind of got geared up mindset-wise to talk some fantasy football. Oh, hell yeah, man. And, uh, you know, I want to go ahead and commend you, Brad. You did uh, step in for me last week uh, appreciate that took over the hosting duties and uh i thought you were on point man i uh i liked what you did there bro uh, i see a future in that we can uh, trade jobs anytime you want bro what do you think they were big shoes man i gotta <laughs> say they were big shoes uh all right well let's send it over to my other co-host rich rich what's up buddy good to hear your voice glad to talk some fantasy with you and getting into a lot of this off-season news a lot of the uh couple signings we got to talk about you know some uh maybe some more draft prep draft strategy in the back half of the show so uh just checking in seeing what you're thinking about today's episode man yeah man uh i think uh, i'm glad to be here glad to be gathering around the circle again and and getting together and talking our fantasy football jive again uh honestly man we've got a lot of news and notes to get to it's kind of crazy uh pretty surprised this early in the preseason we're cranking out just tons of stories so a bunch of that stuff to get to we'll, we'll, we'll do a little intermission like we do that is what we do man yeah for sure back half i think we're brad and i were talking about getting towards a uh fantasy value roster um so a strategy that we're kind of looking into about getting super value this year so i'm kind of excited for that get us in the right mindset before that and uh, get cranking on that. So it should be fun, man. It should be a good episode. And uh, yeah, we are going to go ahead and record this uh, episode on uh, Sunday, August 2nd. So just kind of a frame of reference because the news and notes are coming in uh, hot and heavy, man, from uh, just about every direction. So we are trying to keep you guys up to date uh, as much as possible, but yeah, you know, I mean, there's just uh, something going on just about every day in the NFL. So we're going to talk it and bring it to you guys uh, as much as we can. So I guess uh, we'll go ahead and get started on some of these news and notes. I mean, I am the host. I'm back up in the heezy this week. And, you know, we're going to start right there in the big news in Tampa Bay, guys. And uh, LaShawn McCoy has signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Rich, I'll just send it to you first, man. First impressions, I mean, we can get into what kind of deal he signed and obviously what his role is going to be, but adding his veteran presence to, you know, Brady and Gronk coming in there and already stacked receivers, tight end position, uh, Tampa Bay is just overloaded with weapons this year, man. Yeah, man, I think um, what it really, really sparked in me and what I thought about this situation is just that they have uh, championship mentality. 
Um, I think when you bring in experienced players like this, you're setting the standard almost of saying, you know, we expect to strive. So when I started thinking about what this situation is and we, Mark, you and I know uh, Bruce Arians and his situation, I think we both trust Bruce Arians as a coach, man. And for this like kind of team, he started to get me thinking of the situation when he had Carson Palmer and he really, I mean, Carson Palmer, he turned him into something stellar. So I just, I see that similarity right now. And I'm wondering if they can make a push. I remember when Carson Palmer and Bruce Arians did make a push and, you know, we lost in the NFC championship game, but they had a great team. So I'm starting to think I'm getting a little more bullish on Tampa Bay, to be honest. Now, I'll tell you the fantasy relevance of LaShawn McCoy. Um, I'll, tw- I'll twist it there. I don't think he has a ton of fantasy relevance. I don't think he's going to be my play. Uh, all I think it really does is muddle that backfield for us as fantasy owners. I actually like it because it, it drops Ronald Jones's value down. So if I can get him, people are like trying not to get him, and I go grab him for under five bucks. I think that's a great steal. I think he's far and ahead the best back. He not only catches the ball out of the backfield, but he can run. And that's what Brady loves. He loves that dual presence. So I think him coming forward, that's the back you want to grab out of that whole collectiveness. Well, okay. So you you think Ronald Jones um, is clear-cut going to be the winner of that backfield, though? Yes. You know, to me, I felt like Alexander was going to, you know, take his time but become the back where now I just think all three, it levels out to where nobody's really playable because I don't think there's enough, enough balls to go around. Um, you know, it's, it's three, it's a three headed monster now to me. Yeah. But you think Ronald Jones has that talent to win it out and just be the real three down back. Yeah. I liked the, what he did last, every time he touched the ball, whether it was catch or run, he did good things with it. So I think he's going to develop a rapport with Brady because of that. He'll be getting 50%. LaShawn McCoy will be a little change of back. And because of that, you know, Alexander, he's not going to get as much playing time. So it's going to hinder him. So if it is, it's more if an injury comes about or this or that, then he'll kind of catapult to the front. But I think Ronald Jones, it's his to lose, not his to win. So, okay. Yeah, right on, man. And, you know, McCoy is 32 years old. So he's, you know, got a little tread on the tires or maybe doesn't have too much tread left on the tires, might be the way to say it. But, you know, he's been on a couple different teams, but I, I just think that when I think of Bruce Arians and the kind of coach he is, you know, if you and you mentioned Carson Palmer, uh, Rich, if you think back to when uh, Bruce Arians was here and they brought in Adrian Peterson, I just feel like uh, Bruce Arians really liked having that veteran back that he can trust to take care of the ball. You know, Adrian Peterson got quite the workload in Arizona while he was here. And he was, you know, he had a few uh, nice games. You know, a lot of it was just running straight into the line, it seemed like. But I, I just envision, you know, Bruce Arians maybe just trusting McCoy a lot more. Brady also being the vet, just trusting his veteran presence. McCoy wants to win a ring. So I think that's kind of why he's hanging around and, uh, stayed, uh, you know, signed down with Tampa. So that would be my thought. I mean, it definitely worries me uh, in terms of Ronald Jones' value. I I feel like he's much more of a dice roll now with McCoy landing in this situation. Yeah. Well, what's what do you think he goes for, guys? Under five? For LaShawn McCoy, man, I mean... I've, no, I'm, no, Ronald Jones. Oh, Ronald Jones, yeah, around five to ten. Same with McCoy. I mean, it's... Uh, I'm not sure anybody's going to overpay for either one. It's it just like... I think like Rich said, it just kind of muddles up the picture in the backfield. They also drafted that rookie. 
Uh, I thought I read something. He might have been on the COVID list at this point in time, but he'll probably be back. But, uh, yeah, I just wonder with that backfield, man. Uh, Ronald Jones was looking pretty like a pretty nice piece to me a few weeks ago, but now it's looking a little more uh, blurry. What do you think, Rich? Well, yeah, we talked about it a little bit last week, but um, I, I feel like it just does that. It, it muddles the backfield where it's like, okay, well, they signed him. I don't think it was just for depth. I mean, if you have two – you have a rookie – and you have Ronald Jones. Okay, they drafted that rookie. So they, they have invested in him. They've said, we like him. Okay. Now, why bring in LaShawn McCoy behind a Ronald Jones? Okay, that's a little bit of a, a red flag for me, that the, that the coaching staff might be saying to themselves, we don't trust him so much. They've done two maneuvers, two moves this offseason that are basically stating, we don't like what's happening at running back exactly. We want to we want to sure that up a bit. So to me, it, it is kind of signaling that, I, like I said, I'm off on all three. I'm off on the I'm off on the backfield. You could definitely convince me on maybe the passing game. I think I've got a little bit of a lean for myself towards like uh, Tom Brady right now. I, once I started thinking about Carson Palmer and when he was doing that offense, now I'm thinking hmm, Tom Brady in that offense. I, I I might be interested. So that's where that's where my thought process has kind of leaned when when I when I thought about Tampa Bay this week. Yeah, I think Ronald Jones. He's not someone you go after and get like five to ten. I think one to five. You know, if, if people are just so uninterested because it's such a muddled backfield, that's when well, now I'm interested because it's two to three bucks I can get Ronald Jones for. That's my project that I want because I do feel like the Patriots are going to score a lot of points. And if he's the one that hits, and I got for two <laughs> you call him the Patriots. You call him the Patriots. Yeah. Oh, the they're Patriots. Called the, they're called the Patriots the South. <laughs> yeah. The Patriots. Patriots South. But no, good point. Good point. There is that if I can get him for two, three bucks, that's a different yeah. story. Yeah. And if if you're like you're qualifying, you're 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 saying you're stamping Ronald Jones. Okay, you like Ronald Jones to come out as the winner, best back out of these three. That's kind of what we have to do as fantasy managers: is look at these type of situations and say, I think that guy's going to win. Miles Sanders last year, I said Miles Sanders eventually will be the guy, and you know. Granted, it took an injury. Okay, that happens. So either that, even that, you have to prepare and say, I still think he's going to be the guy at some point, like you're saying with a Ronald Jones. I could easily tell you, it sounds like Mark might be a little bit interested in LaShawn McCoy. So maybe he's saying LaShawn McCoy is actually the guy who went out. Yeah, just these muddled running back situations, like you said, it's like you, you got to kind of try to decipher it. And it's not always on the surface, you know. The talent doesn't always win out. Experience doesn't always win out. You kind of got to look at the coach. And that's kind of why I'm getting this this feeling, just knowing Bruce Arians and the way he likes to run offense and the trust that he puts in veteran players that I feel like when push comes to shove, he'll lean with McCoy. Uh, maybe early in the season, he gives Ronald Jones a shot. But when the games really start to matter, I feel like McCoy, he's going to go to him as long as McCoy's healthy and producing. No, I totally agree with that. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, right on. So we are going to move to our next little news and notes. And I, I heard you guys mention uh dalvin cook last week and i actually found the uh, conversation pretty interesting that you guys had uh regarding him and you know the news did come down uh that he did actually report to camp um it sounds like you know la last he week did he, report yeah the news was uh more of a little uh, it sounded like the agent was playing a game of chicken with the organization or something like that was going on you know when it comes to making these deals and, you know, every running back, obviously they're taking a lot of hits out there. 
I read something that Dalvin Cook was, if they don't rework his contract, he'll be the 34th highest paid running back this year. So when you think about Dalvin Cook's talent level, yeah, I can see why he might say, hey, uh, we might need to bump up my salary a little bit because I'm a little better than the 34th overall running back. In fact, I'm a top five running back. So hopefully they work something out. It sounds like they're on the right track um, because, you know, he did report to camp or his agent stated he will report to camp. You know, I think that's hopeful for Vikings fans, hopeful for the future there because I really like Dalvin Cook as a back and, uh, like I just said, I believe he'll be top five, if not top three this year, if he uh, avoids the injury bug. What do you think, Brad? No, I definitely think he, now that he's reporting, there's no drama. He's back up in the top five mix. I kind of see him going like three to five. I don't really see him creeping up to the top three. You know, obviously some injury happens. You never know what. So you get a top five back, you're definitely happy. Yeah, no, I thought I thought it was funny how that drama played out and uh, funny that we got on and talked about it and then, he showed up at camp like the next day. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we went over that, buddy. But no, he showed up. The drama's over. So I, I think that that signals that he'll be there. And yeah, top five back this year. Somebody who's going to go 65 plus and don't have to worry about the Madison handcuff unless you're the type who likes to handcuff um, your top back. If you're going to handcuff your top back, that's a guy who kind of makes sense to me, Alexander Madison. So, and the and uh, with, with the running back handcuffs, you know, uh, it's all dependent on how many bench spots you have, really. And our league is kind of notorious for it's having tough. a short bench. So it makes it really hard to carry that extra back all year long. You know, some guys mm-hmm. are able to do it or choose to do it. And it's nice to have that little security blanket, you know. You go to sleep uh, sucking your thumb. You got your little uh, your little handcuff running back that you hold tight. But, yeah, it, it's tough. <laughs> I told Brad that last week uh, that I had Tony Pollard that whole time. And it was – I literally called it a security blanket. And, it, it like like you said, with our, our limited bench, we only have six people on the bench. Very difficult to ha- hold a handcuff. So in those extreme situations, you have to do it. Like Zeke, I had to do it with the contract situation. Um, But, you know, the high-end guy that has a guy behind him who you know is capable of being a real three-down back, the Tony Pollard situation, that's the type of guy that you handcuff. You you, you actually uh, put value into handcuffing him. Otherwise – if you're like kind of throwing a dart at, at the guys behind him, steer clear. Like save that yeah. roster room and just and just see what happens. There's a lot of times you go out there and you think there's a clear cut guy, and a week, two weeks in, you go, he's not the clear cut guy. They don't think he they can use him as much. For some reason, they trust the other player. We've seen it play out. It's just how it plays out. And not only that, when you had Christian McCaffrey, you weren't even thinking about getting his backup because even if Christian McCaffrey got hurt his backup's not going to get that production. What's the purpose of getting a uh, handcuff if you can't get the production when that guy comes to play? So that you got to kind of take into effect. If there's a vast drop-off, yeah, exactly. Like Christian McCaffrey, there ain't another Christian McCaffrey. So that huge drop-off to Reggie Bonifin or whoever it is this year, it ain't worth it. I'll go out and find somebody on the wire. I'll go find a waiver, uh, waiver wire wide receiver that I think is going to pop for this week or the next and try to make it work. Yeah, and I would say that uh, Dalvin Cook's backup, Alexander Madison, he's a guy that I would place pretty close to uh, the top tier when it comes to handcuffs. You know, if I was a Dalvin Cook owner, I would think hard about rostering him and carrying him uh, for the duration of the season. But, you know, he he's one of those that, you know, some guys might carry him and some guys might not because 
you know, Dalvin Cook did manage to stay healthy all of last year, uh, except for the last couple games. I think he might have got a little dinged up. But, you know, he had a good season. He had a productive season. He's definitely a number one workhorse stud running back, a guy you're going to want to roster in your fantasy drafts. So Alexander Madison is a guy I would keep in mind. Not going to necessarily say definitely go out and get him like a Tony Pollard last year or, you know, some of these other handcuffs. But, you know, Alexander Madison's a guy that I would definitely consider putting on my roster and keeping him there. All right, guys, so we're going to move on to uh, Raheem Mostert on the 49ers. It did come down. We, t- we touched on him a couple weeks ago when we were talking about the NFC West. You know, we actually had some differing opinions on him and his value, I think, uh, going into 2020. But 49ers uh, did agree to restructure his contract, and he is going to get paid a little bit more of what he's worth. It sounded like they kind of met in the middle on his deal. So I do think that, you know, they value Mostert. They they did see the kind of production he put in last year towards the end of the year with Tevin Coleman banged up. So And the 49ers just love to run the football. So they got the deal done with Mostert. He's going to be there. So uh, real quick, guys, just some thoughts on Mostert. I mean, a guy I wouldn't mind on my roster, you know, for the right price. What do you think, Brad? Yeah, dude, I like him. I think he makes the Mostert of it, you know. So you got to. Uh, two points. <laughs> if you give him the rock man that guy is a beast he's he's powerful he's strong he's fast so to me i like him he seems to be the most durable back too of all those backs he's the one i'm going with but at the same time i don't want to pay heavy price for him because he's in the mix of so many so if you can get him for a fair 25 i think that's a great price uh yeah i mean 25 is about where i'd max out on him but i think there's definitely value there uh, I, I, I'm still almost laughing to myself about that line, Brad. That was pretty good. <laughs> Get the most or makes the most of it. It makes the most of it. Yeah, good stuff. I'll tell you though, um, I'm pretty interested in Mostert now. Now that he's getting his deal. It's incentive laden deal, so he has incentive to run. Uh, I think I like what you said there, Brad, about Mostert that he is the most durable back out of the backfield. So in that regard. Um, I kind of like him. I know they like to use a committee, but I know they like to run the ball. So I like Mostert. My only problem with this, and this is kind of the conspiracy theory in me, is he has a incentive-laden deal. So if, let's say, he gets more money for scoring touchdowns, you know, do they want to give him to the one, him on the one-yard line because they could be paying millions of dollars for that touchdown, yeah. or do they put someone else in? You know, So I kind of worry about that, but who knows? But winning football games is about winning football games. Good point. I was thinking about that. Maybe he's the type of guy, not many people are thinking about a contract situation during the course of a season. Maybe he's a guy you draft, he spikes up, and then you do look to trade him. He's a guy that you're saying, let me get my six weeks of production and then go ahead and look to trade him. Knowing that back half of the season, they may dial it back a little bit. They may start to sprinkle in Jeff Wilson a little more. Or, you know, if Tevin Coleman's there still, I, I don't buy into Tevin Coleman for a full season. I think that guy gets injured. We'll see what happens, but uh, I do think that that might be a, a play with him to get rid of him. Yeah, man. And the uh, with Kyle Shanahan running the show in San Francisco there, you know, I, I you mentioned it a couple weeks ago, Rich. And I, I agree. I feel like Kyle Shanahan is good with whatever running back he has. You know, he, it's almost like he doesn't even play favorites. He will just give the rock to whoever because he believes in the design, the play calls. It, almost like his dad, you know, Mike Shanahan, he was notorious for making uh, 
fantasy, you know, one-hit wonders, fantasy one-hit wonders and studs just out of nowhere when you think about Olandis Gary and Mike Anderson back in the day on the Denver Broncos. So, you know, I think uh, Kyle Shanahan is cut from the same cloth as his dad, and it, it's a little hard to forecast who's going to get, you know, the uh, lion's share of the carries in San Fran, but Mostert's a guy I like, and, yeah, uh, I like the talent level, and he might be the guy that assumes the role just based on the talent and production. So, We'll see how it all plays out. So uh, we're going to move on real quick, guys. And unfortunately, we got to talk about the COVID and everything else that's going on with uh, the NFL right now and sports in general. I mean, it's it's a real struggle to keep this uh, pandemic out of the uh, sports landscape. And uh, obviously, it affects everyone's lives and it affects NFL opt-outs. So there have been some guys opting out of the 2020 season for various reasons, Uh family concerns, maybe, uh, health conditions, whatever the case may be. Uh, some guys, some actual big-name players have chosen to opt out. So we're going to try to keep a running tally of them for you guys because it's important information. And uh, I'll send it over to you, Rich, uh, when it comes to guys opting out, man. I know we got some names we got to discuss real quick, man. Yeah, man, uh, definitely going to be important. We're, we're seeing a pretty good uh, amount of guys that are, are opting out. Um, a little bit of fantasy relevance for us too. So we're definitely going to keep checking in on this for you guys and see where we're at with everything and give you a little bit of the relevant stuff. Uh, opting out, I, I did want to give you guys a little update about kind of how that's structured. These guys opting out are basically getting paid $350,000 or $150,000 depending on like their situation. And that comes off the cap. These moves are going to free up cap space as these guys are coming off so one one intriguing little tidbit there is um the new england patriots we, we see that they have a the highest in the league eight players um and not just uh no name guys either we're seeing dante hightower patrick chung uh marcus cannon their linemen uh and then today it came out uh lacoste their their tight end the one tight end they kind of still had um, he's going to opt out this season. So it's kind of a little intriguing what's going on with this New England situation. So I thought you guys might want to kind of like peek in on that and talk about what's going on with New England. I know we kind of – we dabbled a little bit last week, Brad, but I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm even more concerned with that many people. They will still be a decent defense, but they're no way going to be the dominant defense they were last year. So if people are trying to pay that heavy price tag – let them pay. Stay away. Yeah, those are actually some uh, big names, some cornerstones of their defense that are opting out, man. So, I mean, Bill Belichick is a mastermind back there. I'm sure he'll find somebody to step up into the role. But, you know, Dante, yeah, Dante Hightower is just not an easy guy to replace. I think he's a pretty damn good player. So, Or yeah, Chung. Chung as well has been just – he's one of those uh, just solid, you know, every game he comes out there, you know, he's just steady. So. You know, Patriots, you know, I, I don't know. I, I never put it past them. They are clearing up all that money. Are they going to go sign three other guys to one-year deals? I'm not sure what's going on with that. So I think it's just interesting to keep an eye on Bill Belichick, see what he's doing. I, I don't think anybody has ever figured out that guy. So uh, just it'll just be interesting to see see what his plan is, what he what he does for this situation. But uh, Another big name had um, most fantasy relevance probably that we had out of this. Um, obviously, the running back in Kansas City, Damian Williams, opted out. Um, so I think that sets us up for a big Clyde Edwards Hilaire year, man. Isn't that right? <laughs> yeah, I'm on board with that, man. I like that guy. Clyde the Glide, the dash. 
I think you were in on him way back when when we talked about the. <laughs> yeah, now AFC. I'm definitely in on him, man. I, that frees up some space in that backfield for him to just kind of really get the workload that you're looking for, man. So, dude, who doesn't want that? <laughs> you know, I, I saw some articles today that I was reading questioning maybe his top five status. Is that that overkill or what do you get? On the Kansas City offense, I wouldn't put it past him, man. I'd I'd say it's definitely a possibility. I mean, a rookie coming in, being a top five fantasy running back, it's not unheard of. It's not easy to do. I mean, I know Ezekiel Elliott did it in the past, uh, but I'm I'm kind of projecting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to be maybe on that same level or maybe just a notch below what Zeke did in his rookie year. Okay. Yeah, I can see him creeping up like four or five, but I don't know. So what are, what are we paying, fellas? What are, what are we paying for that guy? <laughs> he's a rookie, so he's yeah. unproven. His role is unproven. So what do we pay, though? That, that's uh, I would say one. his price just went up. Uh, I would say that well, for based sure. on the workload that he's going to get. Agreed. So a uh, guy like that, 40-ish, I would think. I put a range of 35 to 50 on him. It's tough. Someone will pay somewhere between there. And, and so some people have big ranges, you know. Well, I'll tell you, I do like the dash. I like him a lot. Clyde edwards later, very good running back. A little bit undersized, um, but I do like what he does. So, well, it'd be tough to see. It's tough to see what we do there. Um, there is still Darwin Thompson. So they, they do have some guys there. Um, if you would have told me this a week ago. It's clearly going to be his show, though. Okay, yeah, it's going to be his show, uh, for sure. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, when there's unproven running back, you know, there's that's why I, I may not be convinced to pay the 50 number, but I definitely would be convinced. Yeah, I'm around 35. That sounds good to me. Yeah, I think that 35 far outweighs the value. Yeah. I mean, they'll hear about it kind of later in the show, but we have a whole list of kind of like breaking it down with $35 players and how you can kind of build that roster. But we'll kind of get into that more. Yeah, and then, um, you know, just a few other opt-out situations to kind of take note of. I'm kind of a guy, kind of a little bit of a geek. I kind of look at the offensive line situations as per how that pertains to running backs. Um, So a couple big offensive linemen are opting out. We've got Nate Solder, uh, New York Giants. So that'll give us a little bit of an effect on Saquon Barkley's effectiveness this year. So to me, like, honestly, that, that almost scratches him off the list. That offensive line is important, and that was the best, best player on that offensive line, and they're not a very good offensive line. So that's the guy he runs behind. Uh, I'm scared now. You're scared. <laughs> scared off. I'm hey. gone. Shaking in his boots. Running. Like, like a cartoon. Out. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. He dropped Saquon out of my top three with that move. So. Yeah. I'm uh, definitely not as interested. I, I definitely think Saquon's talent will make him still top 10 and he'll still be producing for you. But will he be worthy of the, you know, 60 plus dollars? I don't think so. I was going to say he drops he drops out of my top seven for sure. 50. He drops out of my top seven. Yeah, I mean, I still think he could be right there. Six, seven. Yeah. I think he's eight to 10 now. And then uh, one other guy, Andre Smith uh, in the Ravens, big tackle, a very important piece of what they do. So just a little ding in the run game. So just just things to look out for, man. As we go through the season, we're going to have a lot of this news and notes that it's just, you know, this player gets COVID. Man, I'll tell you, knowing about offensive line work is very key to some of this stuff. So when you see offensive linemen go down, don't think that that doesn't have an effect. That is, I mean, I said I was a geek, but it does have an effect. So that's something to really pay attention to this year. That's actually one of the things I look at when I'm looking at running backs is where did the where does the O-line rank? 
Well, and if their the O-line is top five, then I'm heavily interested in that bell cow. Brad, we, we keep missing it, but every time we talked about Jonathan Taylor, I don't know why I haven't said this, but I am in love with the offensive line of the Indianapolis Colts. That's the main reason. When we talk about, okay, Jonathan Taylor's a great back, Marlon Mack's actually a pretty good back, what really is good in that situation is the Indianapolis Colts' offensive line. They have a strong O-line, dude, for sure. I've been kicking myself each time I've missed that comment because, honestly, that's something that needs to shed some light on it. The reason that run game is so effective is that offensive line. You see those guys. Those guys are tearing it up on that one. I give her a lot of respect. To right on, man. And uh, real quick, Rich, I did want to mention this little opt-out. I don't know if this was on your uh, list there, but Green Bay, we talked about them a couple weeks back, and – you know, I, I had some hunches about bunches of touchdowns for Devin Funches, but uh, he has, in fact, opted out. So we could kiss that little hunch goodbye. I don't know, man. He's not going to be there this year either. I could have told you the second that they said, hey, there's this term opt-out, that Devin was like, hey, yeah, yeah, that sounds good, man. Sign me up. I like this idea of opting out because that's pretty much what I do. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering where you're going with that. I'm like, opt out. Okay, who do I miss? The... There is C.J. Mosley, so I thought you were going there. That is a big name. Yeah, that's true. He's a defensive name, but it's definitely important. I think Brad and I were kind of talking about the Jets last week, and one of the reasons I'm kind of in on the Jets' passing game is because I think the defense kind of stinks, so I think they're going to play from behind a lot. I think it's going to be on Sam Donald's shoulders. So that's why I like that passing game, and now they're losing C.J. Mosley. So I kind of thought that – even lined up a little bit with what I was trying to say last week. Yeah, man, and I noticed, I think the news came down today that the NFL has actually moved up their player opt-out deadline to, like, the middle yeah. of this week to Wednesday or something. And, you know, I yeah. saw a couple of NFL players on Twitter um, just kind of crowing about that, like saying, how are you going to, you know, move that deadline up? People are still trying to make decisions here. going to be interesting. It's a strong arm. Well, and, I mean, the NFL <laughs> – we're the NFL guys. <laughs> they, it wouldn't be the first time they strong arm the players or strong arm somebody, that's for sure. But, you know, it, it's a massive uh, conglomerate. Obviously, the NFL, it just prints money. But I'm just curious as to are we going to get the final list of opt-outs this week? Obviously, we'll bring everybody the information on our next uh, episode. But I just wonder how that's going to work uh, later on if somebody needs to opt out or decides to opt out, uh, how it's all going to play out. and. Like everything else with this year, man, it's kind of wait and see and just got to roll with the punches. So I do have it here that um, at least from Adam Schefter uh, earlier this evening, we're looking at Wednesday as the final date. They're going to negotiate it still, but look, it looks like Wednesday will be the final date. So we'll finally get all the opt-out language out of here and, and be done with that stuff. So, so good to see. I did want to do a quick note too. One thing to kind of think about is I've got teams, you know, we've got 10 teams still left without any opt-outs right now. So just something to think about. I, I kind of think that shows a little trust in the organization. I think through these COVID times, I think that's something I'm going to look at this year is really trusting in the organization myself as a fantasy manager, just saying, okay, these are well-run organizations. Uh, I, I think these, the signs of people uh, not opting out also shows us that the players have bought in in the building. They are dedicated. So um, some of these teams, you know, that's something I'll be looking at is, is these organization-wise, what we're going to do with this COVID-19 stuff. I'm, I'm looking in that direction. Right on, fellas. So real quick, uh, we're going to move on to Antonio Brown. AB was in the news uh, recently. When is he not in the news? Yeah. He's uh, kind of always hanging around uh, on the headlines or page two or something like that. 
So AB was slapped with an eight-game suspension. Uh, I'm not even sure what it exactly is for. There were quite a bit of uh, antics and uh, dramatics last year coming from the uh, AB camp. Um, you know, obviously a super talented player. I definitely think he's still got some gas left in the tank. It's kind of all about getting his mind right. And uh, I did notice that some kind of high-end, you know, quality quarterbacks came out to to his defense and said, hey, put him on my team. So it remains to be seen if that's actually going to be happen. But, Rich, when it comes to A.B., man, uh, what are you forecasting for him in 2020? Forecasting that somebody will pick him up waiver wires in about week six or so, and maybe about week five somebody wants to jump the gun. Depends on where he goes, man. I'm the type of guy with this type of situation, I'd really like to see where he goes. To be honest with you, I don't know. I've thought about the situation a little bit, and – just depending on where he goes, I might be very interested. I, the guy is so super talented. So I'm not beyond putting a risky, risky player on my team, especially at that point in the season, who has some really high upside. He's a number one wide receiver upside that I could snake out, you know, really for nothing in the middle of the season. So I have interest come week five, maybe. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I have zero interest. <laughs> Well, hold on, hold on. So I, we were going to talk about it. Uh, Lamar Jackson has come out and said he wants him. Russell Wilson has come out and said he wants him. So put him in those situations, yeah. Brad. If he lands on either of those teams, man, if he lands on either of those If he went teams, to Seattle, I mean, you got my favorite Doug Baldwin 2.0, Antonio Brown. I mean, that's a nice little duo right there. I think that would really help out that situation. But my problem still states the fact that he's a head case. I can't trust him. Like, who knows? I think that guy's got real CTE, man. So who knows what's going to happen from week to week. So I'm scared. Sometimes, though, head cases get it straightened out. And so when that happens, like, trust me, sometimes it happens. Uh, so when a head case gets it straightened out, when that is happening in that time, they actually are, like, uber productive, in my opinion. Like, they've got it straightened out. They get it on the straight and narrow that kind of really sets them straight. They get to a good place headwise, and then they really are productive. So if I'm going to be getting that, I'm willing to take that risk and see if I can get that out of it. If he gets to week five in the NFL season without some blow-up tweets or some craziness and in in being in the headlines, then, yeah, I might take a flyer. And he goes it. to the Raven? Yeah, if he go, yeah or – even in Seattle, Russell Wilson. Right. I like that situation, well, too. He could go to a lot Especially because everyone in the NFC West is trying to beef up. It's like an arms race, like you said out there, Rich. So I then, yes, but I don't see him getting there. I see him saying some tweets about, hey, this quarterback said this shit or da-da-da-da, <laughs> fuck these guys. I'm the best. Uh, and it's just going to be like, dude, what are you yeah, doing? I hear you. I hear and you. actually, when he landed on New England last year, it was kind of setting up to be a pretty good situation. And then it seemed like some uh, out the door. Yeah, some past transgressions cropped up. And uh, next thing you know, New England had to cut ties with AB. So, yeah, I, I mean, right. I always liked him as a player. So hopefully he can get his head straight and contribute on one of these teams. So, guys, though, real quick, speak of that, he played one game in, in New England. How do, you, how do you play in that game? I think he got a touchdown. I'm pretty sure, like, 100 yards, 100 yards and touch, 120 yards. Yeah, he played really well. And actually, like, he was kind of schooling people out there. So, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. The talent hasn't just disappeared from this man. He, he hasn't – he's only a year removed from that. He's got the talent in his body. He knows how to do it. 
And actually, if you guys uh, remember, you know, it's the opposite side of the ball, but, you know, Chandler Jones ran into some issues in New England, and that's when they shipped him out of town. The Cardinals scooped him up, and he's been nothing but a great fit and a model uh, player, model citizen. So, you know, guys can get straightened out, and I would hope for that. Do not compare those two. Well, it, it wasn't quite as dramatic as what A.B. was doing, but he did have a few issues in New England. Yeah, I'm telling you, ever since that Vontez perfect hit, that's what did the CTE. That was a brutal that hit, hit, man. It really was. He has never been the same brutal. since that hit. I mean, they straight up just... Dude, they try to take his head off. I don't remember. Burfecht's yeah. been suspended so many times. Uh, I don't know if anybody can keep track of that. But uh, <laughs> right on, guys. Where is he now? <laughs> well, uh, hey, guys. Look around, man. I think we have arrived at uh, the halfway point of this episode. Kakar. <laughs> It's now time for everybody's favorite part of the show, you know, and Brad, I think uh, you drew the short straw, or maybe we'll say the long straw, but it is your turn to guide us through this little herbal intermission, man, so send it over to you, Bradley. What is puffing today, broski? I do like straws, Mark, so I like grabbing at them. But I will tell you today, we got some uh, wonderful venom extracts. The wonderful people down there, uh, they've made this sour power. So I'm going to take a nice little dab right here. Mute the sound for the torch and I'll be back in one second. Did you say sour power? He said sour power. And, you know, I kind of like how the torch sounds, but, you know, hey, Brad's trying to be considerate to everybody. Maybe they don't want a torch blowing through their ear holes. I don't know. I kind of like it. Maybe, maybe he got some feedback on that. Here we go. Let's see how the power is. Nice and smooth, like always. You feel the power? The power of love? Actually, I feel very calm. That's good. Yeah. I think that's how it's supposed to be. And uh, focused. Ready to talk strategy. Obviously, a sativa for you, right? Oh, of course. Do you ever smoke an indica, Brad? I'm just, I'm curious. Never. Never, never. It is a dangerous game to smoke indicas with me. I will just fall asleep at any time. (laughs) I like an indica here and there. I actually got these uh, edibles that were uh, 10 milligrams THC and then 10 milligrams CBD also. And while I like them, I think the CBD just tends to want to knock me out, man, so... I kind of got to stay away from that. I know it's not uh, obviously the same as Indica, but the, the CBD has that sleepy effect on me for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I, I like the Indica just for finally just a full-on relaxing time at the end of the day. Definitely anticipating good sleep at the end of it, too. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I like it. I can smoke a sativa and then just shut the mind off and go right to sleep, so... It's good though, like some people out there, man. The, the indica is like what gets them to go to sleep. I, I think it's, I think it's good for that situation. That's why I always say, I say there's like a strain for everyone. There's also several strains for everyone within the range of them too. Like, you know, I, I like to hit a, a sativa, a hybrid, and an indica, all, all the same to me, just because you know they, they all do different things for me. Yeah, I have a buddy Vince who only hits indicas, so. Some people are different. Yeah, it's all about body chemistry for sure. Different strokes for different folks. And if you're at the dispensary and you're wondering why they only have Indicas and not Sativas, I've asked around and it's because Sativas yield less buds. It's because Brad's been there. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> Brad has done the research on the uh, at the dispensaries. He cracks the books as soon as he walks in the door. I I need the answers. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know that that's why there is less crop of sativa. Yep, it yields less bud. So that's why everyone's like, dude, I want to make money. Let's make indicas. <laughs> well, yeah. I think a lot of people out there are into the indicas as well. So I understand it. I understand both sides of the equation. You know, that's what I was trying to say. That equation makes sense to me, man. And if y'all participated <laughs> in the herbal intermission with us, well, hopefully it makes sense to you. And, uh, you know, equations aren't that easy for me these days, but that one made sense. So, uh, it's all about the teachers, Mark. It's, you have to have the right I teachers. I love teachers, man. They're my Mark's, Mark's been in an algebra class. Says, Mark, is it, has it not been treating you very well? <laughs> uh, English and, uh, like, the college writing, uh, I feel like I'm kind of in the zone, but well, the math is gibberish to me, man. I don't know. It is really yeah. But, yeah. Anyways, guys, we will uh, wrap up that wonderful herbal intermission. And thanks, Brad, for uh, calling out the Venomax tracks. And thanks to the good people down at Harvest. I want to give a good yeah. shout out with them. They're always still treating me nice. Yeah, Harvest, a clutch dispensary for you, man. They always got what you're looking for when you need it. So we like to send all our listeners that way. Uh, you said it's down there in Chandler, right, Brad? Yep. Chandler Road, just out there on uh, Chandler. Yeah, man. So. Y'all will find it. Just drive down Chandler Road so you see the big weed leaf. No, just kidding. I don't know. Chandler and Gilbert, guys. <laughs> Probably looks like a fortress or something. You don't even it's know. It's actually what got a, a big yellow wall. Harvest, like the sun. Very endearing when you walk in. Look for the harvest sun. All right, guys. Uh, yeah, we are going to move on to a little bit of a strategy session. Some uh, Just some general fantasy buzz for you guys, uh, you know. We like to drop the uh, fantasy knowledge whenever we can on everybody. And uh, I guess we're going to start a little bit of running back talk because we do, you know, running backs, any format you play of fantasy football. And, guys, you know, we've mentioned it before. It's probably a good idea to mention it uh, again from time to time. Our league is $200 auction budget on the draft. You know, we are non-PPR, so that is the vantage point that most of our own analysis is coming from. Of course, if your league does not uh, abide by those standards, hey, you'll still glean some uh, good intelligence from us, so no reason to stop listening, but that's where we're coming from with these uh, grades and draft values. Um, and the running backs are just always fun to talk about, you know, whatever format you're playing. Running back is always a huge building block, a huge piece of your fantasy squad. So Alvin Kamara, Rich, I guess you might be hearing some buzz uh, coming out of the Big Easy down there in New Orleans, you know. Camara's looking good. Maybe he may ascend to a number one or number two fantasy RB this year at the end, by the end of 2020. Uh, I've seen it from a different, a couple different sources now that are kind of prognosticating him as having a rebound year. And a rebound year for that guy means he's back in the top five running. And possibly, uh, these guys are stating it out there, possibly he's going to be the number one running back this year. And kind of upon investigation, I could see what they're saying. He had some injury trouble last year. The situation, you know, even though Drew Brees was out, um, he missed five games. It is kind of a little bit of a different situation. That offense is optimized when all the pieces are on the field. So what I see with Kamara is the opportunity for positive uh, regression. So he's going to get more looks, more touchdowns this year. And I, I think it is a possibility that maybe he is creeping up into that number one conversation. Yeah, I think he could uh, 
definitely be top five. I don't know if he can creep quite to number one, but number two or number three, that's still, you know, you're still getting way more value than what you expected to get from him. And I still think because what they're doing there down there in Tampa has a huge effect of what's going on in New Orleans because they want to show that, hey, this is our division. I know you just brought Tom Brady in, but who cares? We got Drew Brees. We got Kamara. We're going to show you what it's about. So they want to demonstrate every game that this is what we can do. So I think they're going to be putting up points. And what better person to have on your team than Kamara? He can not only catch the ball and run it for 80 yards, but he can also run the ball for 80 yards. He's highly on my list as a top three back this year. So Yeah, Camaro, man, if I had to describe him in one word, it would probably be dangerous. You know, he just, when he gets the ball... Uh, dangerous! Watch yourself! Threat to just break it. I mean, he he has that kind of speed, those kind of quick jukes and cuts that, you know, he just leaves defenders in the dust. So I could see him creeping up on the one or two spot, absolutely. And like you said, Rich, I mean, uh, uh, we're adjusting our rankings daily almost, and the season hasn't even started yet. I mean, you said it uh, when we were going through the COVID list with Saquon Barkley and the New York Giants. Well, they just lost their top offensive linemen. So, you know, I mean, common sense would tell you that that Saquon is going to take a couple steps back, maybe fall out of the top three or four, down to seven or eight, somewhere in there. So that leaves room for Kamara to move up. And, and Brad, like you said, man, I mean, it's no secret. Tampa has loaded up. I mean, they are going for it this year. I don't know if Tom Brady and Gronk play another two or three years. I mean, this might be it for Tampa with this configuration on their team. So they are going for it, and New Orleans has definitely took notice. And New Orleans is saying, hey, that's our crown, so you're going to have to come take it from us. So uh, I agree, man. Uh, I kind of like Alvin Kamara this year, man. He's... He's going to be a solid, solid uh, cornerstone of your roster. Brad, did I hear that correctly? Did you just uh, did you go mystical on us there? Watch yourself. Watch yourself. <laughs> Show me what I'm working with. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought that was. That was funny shit. I was like, what, <laughs> what is he saying? <laughs> it's like Master P said. There they go. There they go. I think um, I think mystic. I think that ties in well. Is it mystical from New Orleans? Right? Well, I know Master oh, P is. God. I don't know about mystical. Maybe I don't know. That's that's good shit though. Uh, Alvin Kamara though, I, I think I'm I'm getting fired up. I, I'm gonna tell you, I, I'm fired up for the guy this year. Now, one of the things I like and like to talk about is the offensive line. So I like the offensive line. I like the offensive weapons when they add Emmanuel Sanders. I think it just frees up a little bit more of that room for Alvin Kamara to just make, uh, like you said, Mark, dangerous and damaging plays. I think this guy is top five almost assured so this guy's a valuable play for his money because of the assurance of top end value yeah and you know my price range i would think he's gonna go for 55 to 70 at this point um he's just he's one of those guys that somebody will pay up for and they'll probably be very happy that they did pay up for him so that would be my thought on camaro man i totally agree mark you're making me so proud of these numbers man (laughs) You just you make me want to cry, man. Very, very good numbers. After ten episodes, yes. I'm finally getting the picture. I don't know. Yes, he, he sees it. Oh, that's good. All right, man. Well, uh, another couple guys we were going to talk about real quick and sticking in the uh, NFC South. I mean, division is just loaded with talent. Uh, you know, we're kind of maybe a little compare and contrast on a couple guys here, Rich. When you're looking at Calvin Ridley of the Falcons and Chris Godwin on the Buccaneers. Both technically the number two receivers 
Um, maybe they have, uh, you know, higher end potential than that. So what are you seeing from those guys, Rich? Well, actually, Rich, I'll take this one real quick. Okay. So what I actually, I was a Chris Godwin owner last year, so I kind of know the most. I feel like I'm the... Oh, the Godwin aficionado. Hey, in Godwin we trust, <laughs> I'll tell you that. So yeah, so I had Chris Godwin last year. And what I did is I was able to trade him away, get that number two, just like we've talked about with that strategy, and really get that production. Unfortunately, when Evans went down, he went to the number one, and Perryman went to the number two and took all that production away. So what I see this year is Calvin Ridley is this year's Chris Godwin. He's going to be that steal. You're going to get him for crazy cheap, and he's going to be a top 10 wide receiver. So highly, highly recommend going to get Calvin Ridley. And now, Rich, after I took all your points, what would you like to add? <laughs> no more ding-dings left for you, Rich. Well, he had a lot of good <laughs> points, but then he went and stamped it with a top 10 proclamation for him. And I think <laughs> then he might have gone off the rails just a little bit. We'll go minus one on that. There we go. Okay, thank you. And then I'll tell you. I might have, I'm, he might not be quite top 10. I might have won a little okay. overzealous on that okay, one. But then, maybe 12. And then if I sway maybe him, if I sway him here, then that means I get a ding at least. At least one ding. Uh, but no, anyway, yeah. I could see him being a nice little top 20 play this year. So no doubt he's going to get me nice, good value, I think, out of that. So uh, definitely an intriguing play. But is he Chris Godwin of last year? I don't think so. I don't think he's the guy who gets a top 10 status like Chris Godwin last year. In Ridley, you trust? No, that doesn't have the same ring. <laughs> You're right. It just doesn't ring right. I do feel, uh, Rich, kind of like you said, I feel like Chris Godwin is more consistent. Like, he showed me that last year. Like, game in and game out, he was putting up nice numbers in big games. And Calvin Ridley, is a little bit more of the hit or miss, where he'll have a two or three touchdown game and maybe fade out and be kind of quiet for a couple weeks. So, you know, I would definitely still lean towards Godwin in that equation got more equations and more math for you guys but i would lead more towards uh but you're forgetting about the variables yeah, mark so... when you talk the value though um you're talking last year's godwin to this year's ridley so yeah the play is last year people were paying on a godwin but got huge upside out of them so this year's version of that might be a calvin ridley I could see that. I don't think it gets all the way to the – like Godwin last year was what? Like the number two wide receiver for a good chunk of the season. So I don't think it gets all – Number one. Okay, yeah. You would know. You're the one who swindled that guy. I do know. Swindled, swindled. I do. I tried to train for Michael Thomas, <laughs> and I couldn't pull the trigger because he was the number one wide receiver at the time. Well, and that is – I Look recall. how that ended up. But, yeah, so – that guy getting, you know, that guy getting drafted this year is like more in the Calvin Ridley range. You're looking to find that. Uh, I don't think there's anybody that's spiking up that much this year. I'd rather have Chris Godwin over Calvin Ridley for sure, but Chris Godwin, I'm going to be paying some money for this guy this year. Thirty extra dollars. Calvin Ridley's going to be way down the ladder on that. He might come up in yeah. a minute here for our value roster. We'll see. Yeah, Calvin Ridley seems like the guy. You know, like eleven to fifteen, he might go right. for and. That's right. nice. That's a nice price range for him. Yeah, he right. definitely pop. Especially if he's top twenty. Yeah, he could pop for you. I agree. I'm a big fan of the Atlanta offense. I don't think I need to remind anybody. So, I like Calvin Ridley as well. Mark, I mean, we've given you a lot of shit about the Todd Gurley thing, but I've said yeah. I, I'm pretty bullish on the oh. on the Falcons as well. Yeah. I don't know about Todd Gurley, but I do know that I am kind of bullish on the Falcons. So I do think it's going to be a good offense. I do think it's going to be a good team. So undervalue it on, on the players as well. And, yeah, I see where you guys are going with that. So 
Right on, fellas. We are going to move it along, and I guess we're going to kind of finish out the show with this little discussion. It's going to be a little bit of a value roster build when it comes to an auction draft. So these were just some thoughts we wanted to lay out for everybody. If you're looking at it from the perspective of this NFL season is going to be unlike no other, this fantasy season is going to be unlike no other with all the stuff that's going on and the different protocols that teams are going to have to follow perhaps not overspending or going after super high-end players in an auction draft might be a strategic move you're going to want to follow this year. Um, when you think about not overpaying you know, more than $35 on any player, if you can manage to do that, you might build yourself a really strong, really deep roster that you'll have the bench players, you'll have the players on your IR slot when they're healthy that will be able to come in and produce for you. So, uh, Rich, you know, this was kind of your brainchild. Uh, I'm just wondering what you're thinking, you know, when you're talking about building that kind of value roster in 2020, you know, where's the first place you're going to look on draft day, bro? Well, I'll tell you how I would start and we'll kind of run through this. Um, like to me, we, we kind of talked just briefly about this before, but Brad and I have talked about this in our first disagreement. We said, okay, a value roster. How am I going to build it? We said, how many are you of those $35 guys are you going to do? And Brad came out and said five. And I immediately said, no, it's four. So why don't we, why don't we walk through that real quick? And then we'll kind of get into like doing like a little roster build. So like Brad, in my opinion, four is the number I'll spend four on 35. And so what does that get us to 140, right? Yeah. Do the math. You have 60 bucks left in the bank. Yep. 140. So I've got 60 bucks yeah. left. Okay. So I got 140. If I go with four in your scenario, you go with five, you're at 175. So I think you need to defend your position over in my position. Cause we are talking value. I'm trying to get value spread out here. Well, no, actually, now that you say those numbers, I'm good with four because okay. <laughs> I have 60 other dollars to build the rest of my right. roster and do whatever I right. want. Uh, $25 makes me very limited. So no. Okay. I actually, maybe I'd go five $30 players. How about that? Get you to one fifty. Let's kind of do it your way, my way, like we kind of do. Like we'll we'll be bopping back and forth here, Brad. You're going to go your way, I'm going my way. I'm going to go with four $35 guys, which uh, – so immediately out the gate. So now we can start talking about those type of players. But to me, I'll, I'll tell you how that kind of sets me up. Like right out the gate, I'll go, okay, I know I want three really good running backs. No matter what roster I'm kind of building, I'm looking towards – leaning towards three running backs. So that's where I usually start. So I'll go three of those guys at 35 at my running back position. I write that out, and I got a wide receiver at 35. Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna when I call value guys, I'm talking skill right out the gate. So those are my four, and then I put numbers around it. So I start with a quarterback at 10. Um, I think that's that's a number I've honed in on that you can really get value. I kind of like that formula. The only thing I would say is a little different is possibly go after four running backs at 35 because I do feel like there's a lot of wide receivers you can get for very cheap. So maybe not go after a top-tier wide receiver, go after two, maybe five, $10 wide receivers and four running backs because you have to assume that one of these running backs is going to catch COVID. <laughs> so if you only get three, that means one of them is going to get it just by the numbers. So you have to have a deep bench with stacked players if you want to win this year, in my opinion. If you have these guys, normally I would say just have two $65 backs, go be two studs and install fear in your opponent. You know, one of those guys that's COVID, there's not a lot of fear. 
<laughs> when you talk about getting four of those guys, so no doubt, like I'll tell you, when I do three here, I'm going to put either five or six running backs on this roster still. Yeah, I guess that's true. So what I'll tell you is, Brad, when you go, when you go to four, the value in those in that range, I don't think there's four backs to go and get at thirty-five dollars. That would be my point. When you were just talking there, I was thinking, I don't think I'm necessarily going to get like four or three at thirty-five. I think it's going to be like a forty, a thirty-two, a twenty-eight, a fifteen, a five, and a ten. You know, an average of maybe thirty-five, around thirty-five for your back. Yeah. So we capped it at thirty-five, buddy. Okay, so for thirty-five is the limit. Okay, I see what you're saying. We put it at thirty-five, so you're not allowed. Yeah, just real quick. I mean, yeah, let's let's throw some names out there. So yeah, I know you guys both uh, both bags. were uh, pretty high on Chris Carson when we talked about the NFC West. So oh, yeah. I would envision Chris Carson in the twenty-eight to thirty-five range. Uh, you know, is that maybe one guy that you would feel confident with? Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and let this play. You're gonna hear my click. That's my click of my pen. Yes, uh, Chris, because so, I want to write down his name. I am literally writing this down as we're having this conversation because I want to build out the roster. I might we might post it or something. But so now we're talking, um, Chris Carson. Yes, absolutely. That's the type of guy who's in my range if I'm doing this kind of roster. He's undervalued. When you if you can pick him up for 25, I think you said 28 type range. I'm gonna scoop that up all day because he's number one running back, high volume running offense. That's definitely the type of guy I'm looking. I would. I don't know about you, Brad. That's one of the guys in that range that I'm really heavy. No, I like Chris Carson. I love, you know, the way he runs. I think he's a solid back now that he, you know, kind of holds the ball better. I do like him for 35. Okay. The other backs here. I mean, what do you think Josh Jacobs go for? He's he's too much, right? Josh Jacobs, Brad. That's a tough one. <laughs> uh, where would you put his value at? It probably will be in the 40 to 45 range. 45, yeah. Okay, oh, so yeah. he's in our range. Um, I'm going to go bet based off of ESPN. I am looking at this right now. So this is okay. a, little, a little bit different. I am going to go ahead and look at the numbers as we're talking. He is okay. in the range. Um, Josh Jacobs, we go up. I'll go I'll go from pretty much about 37 of, of what – this is average draft price right now on ESPN. So that's, you know, that's mock drafting and that's a little bit different, but we can go somewhat based on that of where it's going right now. So we'll start with that. Miles Sanders at 36.5. That's kind of our first name. Miles Sanders, Nick Chubb, Kenyon Drake, Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I mean, if you land three of those guys, I, I got a, any three, really, any three well, combination of those, it's that's going to be a strong start to your roster. I like that idea. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if some of those dudes end up for a little bit more money. Like Nick Chubb, yeah. I could see going for 45. So I would scratch it. Josh off. Jacobs, 42. Josh Jacobs, I don't know, man. I, it was a little bit of a piece of news that we didn't get to in news and notes, but Jeremy Hill got signed today. I don't know if you guys saw that. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it is just a whole COVID thing, and they're just getting depth in, in these players. It's depth. But, I mean, I don't know. I, he is more of a goal line back, the, the Jeremy Hill, a goal line back. So I, I worry about like Josh Jacobs losing a little bit of that goal line stuff. Just a, just a little heads up. But Josh Jacobs, I think he could be in this range. I think he could be a thirty-five dollar guy. So I, I would say he's the high end of our like thirty-five dollar guys. Man, if I get, if he's thirty-five, I'm okay. So take him. I'm all over that. I, I will take. Brad's him. got Josh Jacobs. I've got Chris Carson. Okay. And I got Miles Sanders. Fuck off. <laughs> fuck the fuck off. Uh, uh, 
<laughs> no, but is Miles Sanders thirty five? Is is he available for me for thirty five? Because I've spent all let's say I've spent thirty on Chris Carson. I'm going to spend thirty five on on Miles Sanders. I'll do it. Yeah, and I I will mention real quick, Rich, with the and I know you're a huge Miles Sanders guy. I have seen a lot of rumors linking uh, one Devontae Freeman to the Philadelphia Eagles. So if he shows up in camp, uh, that that would make uh, Miles Sanders take a little bit of a step back on my list if that plays out that way. Nah, I'm good. He didn't listen. He didn't listen. I'll, I'll, t- I'll take Miles Sanders. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I mean if, if you're telling me that, I think we talked about this, that I would actually hope that that happens, and then my Miles Sanders that I just locked in for 35 becomes 30 and frees up $5, maybe $7. That's where I would go. I locked in Miles Sanders for me as another back. Brad, what else you, What else you like him? I'm going Kenny Drake over here. Kenny and Drake. Nick so we'll call him 35. I mean, I could see because we live in Arizona, I could see Kenny and Drake going for 42. Yeah, there's there's always a premium on Cardinals. A lot of Cardinals fans in this league, so it's just kind of natural. It's, a, it's natural, man, for any league. You know, whatever town you're in, whatever city you and team you most of your league supports, the, a lot of those guys are going to have a little bit of a price tag just bump because you know owners just want their player want their uh, hometown team guy so that's a factor to consider in any league you remember when we had two vikings fans or went for like 12 dollars? oh no the kicker <laughs> the kicker yeah blair walsh blair walsh yeah, yeah. he went for like 12 dollars yeah. yeah that's right I remember people now. get crazy man <laughs> That's, no, that's my kicker <laughs> that's my kicker that's my team man no yeah. Uh, you said let's just give you Kenyon Drake. I think he'll fall in that range. Let's say he falls a little bit. Let's give you Kenyon Drake. That's fine. You got Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs, right? Okay. Let's let's say you had to pay a little bit too much. Let, let's say you paid thirty eight on those guys. That makes more sense, right? Yeah, they they'll all be around thirty five. You know, plus or minus seven or eight. I would think. Brad, do you want you want Todd Gurley as your third back? <laughs> uh no he's not in my 35 dollar range uh, sir well he's way above that in my range yeah he's way lower he's way lower and yeah i think he's lower on espn page <laughs> too rich now that you mentioned it. Uh, what do those fucking guys know all right brad what do you what do you think about you're you're kind of in the range now of um like a joe I'm, I'm clyde edwards what do you think clyde Ooh, edwards you think clyde because edwards. he's gonna go up too high okay let's call all those guys exceptions for you this is how you draft it out and you you place 38 on all three of them Real quick, all right. are you guys both planning on going 4RB at the 35 range, or are you thinking 3RB and one high-end receiver around 35? It's a personal question, Mark. Uh, okay, I'll just tell you, just for this exercise, because honestly, like, I'll do this roster, I'll do so many roster builds that this is like, this is nothing. Like, I'll look at this when it's done. This is what I do. I sit there and go through the whole thing, and by the time I get to the end, then I go, do I like that roster? Does that play? Yeah. Is that a season-long roster for me? Yes or no? And then I and then I, I tweak. I'll, I'll go. Okay, well, no, we need to spend a little more money here. Or I'll, I'll go from there. That's the only way to do this thing. And and it, and to kind of like what Brad and I are doing because we're bouncing it back and forth. It almost takes us a little bit through a drafting scenario where it's like, okay, like at least there's one other dude on the other side, and you're going, okay, well, you're gonna pay this for this. Y'all pay for this for this, and then you kind of go through it. So, like, you know, you, you kind of at least get a little bit and you can say, well, can I pay can I pay 35 on this guy? That guy asked you. I said, well, you said, what what do I pay for Chris Carson? You let me know. 28 to 35. Okay, well, okay, I know what range I'm kind of looking at for this guy. Let's see how that works into a build. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm, I'm building right here. 
with that $35, my third, I'm going to do three running bags and I'm going to do a wide receiver at 35. Okay. Yep. That's what yeah. I was thinking. That's probably where I would go yeah. if I was building a value roster too. And yeah. you know, we do have to remind the people that, you know, in our league, you are able to start, you know, three running backs plus one yeah. wide receiver. We have, you know, one running back, one wide receiver position, and then two flex where uh, it's, you know, either are available with the running back or the wide receiver. So there are several different ways to build it. You go two and two, three and one on, on either direction there. So, you know, but baked into it, uh, Rich, I definitely think, you know, the three RB, one high-end wide receiver at your 35 mark for the uh, value build like we talked about. I mean, uh, I like where you're going with that. So you got two running backs each, man. What do you think it – for your third running back, Rich. Uh, yeah, I think, um, to be honest with you, actually, I think, Brad, you've locked in your three running backs, haven't you? You've got um, Josh Jacobs, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and Kenyon Drake. Uh, yeah, man, but I, I like James Conner. He could be in the mix. We're picking and choosing. There's a list of, you know, we're, we've got eight guys to pick for three guys. Yeah, correct. Important delineation to make here, yeah. So you like a James Conner. I get it. He could, he could just – trains out for any of those guys that's what's kind of nice about doing value guys is that you do have guys that you're ready to plug in as well well hold on real quick uh one thing you have to take in consideration is last year james connor yeah you know he had a little he was a little dinged up his numbers weren't great ben roethlisberger didn't play he had mason rudolph behind the helm the whole game so his numbers were down but what is he behind he's behind a great offensive line so this year is going to be way different and if people have the same sour taste in their mouth, especially if they owned him last year, and, you know, they don't want to pay and you can get him for 30, 35, I feel like he's going to produce at a 40, 45 level. So if he's going for 40, 45, I'm not crazy interested. But if he drops down because people have a little sour taste in his mouth, I'm all over it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm in on James Conner at a certain level, too. I, I think he plays there. Ooh, Steelers. Um but yeah, uh, did I just hear that right? Steelers? You're interested in Steelers? No, not me personally, but I, I, I'm saying I understand. Oh, okay. I understand I that you. he'd be on that list of those values. <laughs> These in our value range. I see. But me personally, yeah. for my third running back, I'm going to take Joe Mixon. Uh, I think Joe Mixon will fall in that range, so I would take him, place him on my roster. So we got our three running backs, three running backs. Brad, you went a little bit over, I think. I went a little bit under. So we went on our 35s. Correct. You went a little bit over on all those guys. I think it kind of puts you at about a 120 range. And then me. I... Yes, but I will save on wide receiver now. Okay, okay. Let's work through it. Let's work through it. Let's see. Uh, how much are you spending on, on quarterback, Brad? I'm just curious. Quarterback. I want to spend 10 like you, you 10 to 15 max. Oh, okay. He's going 15 maybe. Okay. I got 10. Max. 10? My, uh, 10, yeah. 10 is my absolute max, but you've got 15 as an absolute max. Okay. All right. Well, I, I, I'm kind of going after two quarterbacks for 15. Right. So. Okay. 15 on the position. Though. Okay. Wide receivers. So what are you going to spend, Brad? I, I'll tell you. Okay. So I'm going to spend 35. That can get me, uh, not that I'm interested. I wouldn't want like an Amari Cooper. Uh, could it give me Chris Godwin? Yeah. Godwin or Evans, maybe around there. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking is Godwin. What do you think, Brad? Godwin for 35? Uh, yeah. I think you definitely get him. Uh, there's a lot of weapons though in Tampa though, so that that concerns me. Well, I'll take it. So I'll do Godwin. So I'm gonna spend the 35 on Godwin. I came in a little under my running back, so I'm on 145 for my skill, my main skill guys. Okay. Uh, what do you? So what do you want to do for a wide receiver? You haven't told me kind of a figure yet. Well, I'm gonna do two wide receivers, kind of fill up my bench, okay. and you do like a 20 and a 15. Okay. 35. So still spend that 35, but I still get. 
kind of fill up that spot. So I'm looking at more like an AJ Brown for 20, okay. 25 maybe. And if I go 25, then I would drop all the way down to, you know, Calvin Ridley. Even. We know we just talked about him. Let's put it this way. I think let's for, say for the purpose of this roster build, I think you get AJ Brown for 20. Yeah. I think that's about right anyway. Uh, but so, okay. Yeah. You score AJ Brown. I got AJ Brown in for you. So we're, so let, you got him for 20 and you said you're spending another 15 on another wide receiver. Or maybe 10. 10 to 15. I, I want to get depth, but I don't want to spend everything. So, it, it, you know, it really depends on who's left. Ridley or Woods or Tyler Lockett. No, definitely not Woods. Mm-hmm. Tyler Lockett. Ty Lockett for sure. Ty Lockett, Keenan Allen. <laughs> Keenan Allen, T.Y. Keenan Allen. Yeah, fuck Keenan Allen, too. <laughs> fuck all these guys. $10 guys. Uh, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, uh, T- T.Y.? Yeah, uh, uh, Ty for sure. I would love to get Ty this year, man. I, I don't think I've ever uh, been a fantasy manager with Ty on my roster, but I've always liked him. Dude, go down the list. You got Stefan Diggs, uh, yeah, Devonte Parker, yeah. You know, I hear you. AJ Green, Will Fuller, DJ you know, Chark. like there's so many guys down the list. DJ Chark, Christian Kirk. So who do you want? Who do you, Manuel Sanders. Who do you want for your ten dollars? Well, I'm actually Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders. Okay. Emmanuel Sanders. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no, 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 no. I think Emmanuel Sanders ends up going for about twelve bucks. You think that's right, Mark? That sounds about right, man. Just okay. being on that offense, yeah, <laughs> that's gonna tick up his price tag. I think so. And they've never had the solid number two guy there opposite Michael Thomas. So, you know, I think people are kind of excited for what Sanders can bring this year. Jimmy Graham was there for quite some time. Well, yeah, but I don't even (laughs) think he was there with Michael Thomas. But also, you know, I'm talking, you know, opposite in the wide receiver terms, you know, not tight end. But That's true. Jimmy Graham was so good back then on the fucking Saints, though. It's like, what happened to that guy, man? (laughs) I don't know. But anyways, Rich, where are we going, buddy? Pete Carroll happened now. Uh, <laughs> they asked him to run block. <laughs> so I'll tell you, okay, so usually at this point, I think it's a good idea to check in. What have I spent? Okay, let's. we won't get into QB very in-depth right now, but let's say we've, we've, we've put our numbers. I put 10 on it. Brad put, let's say, 15 on it. And so where does that get us with our numbers? Brad has 120, 135. 155. Brad's at 167 with his current roster build. Okay. Uh, with my current roster build, um, I've got my 10 and then my four skill. I'm at 155. So Brad, Brad secured a lot more players. Um, he's got one, two, three, four, five. He's got five skill as opposed to my four skill. So he's one ahead. He's built more depth in his roster already. Because I went high-end wide receiver. So that's the delineation there. You make that decision when you get through this stuff. So I've got 155, though. He's at 167 because he spent a little more at his, at his quarterback position. So, Brad, what, you got 167. So what, what are you going to, like, secure with some money left? Where do you go from there? Well, now I gotta go quarterback. I gotta make sure I get my quarterbacks. Okay, so give me give me two quarterbacks you want for your 15 bucks. So you're gonna spend a little bit more money on one of those guys. What do you got? Russell Wilson and Drew Brees, give them both to me. Russ and Drew Brees. Well, I, I think fifteen bucks total. You'll have to pay more than that this year. I think you're. I think the way it'll line up, I think you're just going to pay. That's eighteen bucks. That's nineteen twenty bucks maybe for both those guys. So pick, so I pick get one, one of them yeah. and I drop down to a Josh Allen. Okay, with well, okay. However it works out. So no, give me give me which one between Russ and Drew. 
I want Drew Brees, man. Drew Brees. And you got Emmanuel Sanders, so you got a stack. There you go. Now you're starting okay. to see it. I think we should go that way. Okay. And then I'm not going to let you have Josh Allen at for fucking eight bucks. Like literally, <laughs> liter- literally in the draft, I'll pay 10 on Josh Allen to get my Josh Allen if I want it. Cause he's on my <laughs> list. I want Josh Allen. Okay. <laughs> so, the, so who's next for you, buddy? Uh, I don't know. Matt Ryan, Cam Newton. I don't know. How much does Cam Newton go for? I'll give you Cam. You got Cam. I got Josh Allen. I got Josh Allen and I'll go I'll go Kirk Cousins. I don't even care. Gross. <laughs> you have no cares in the world if you're going with that guy, man. You like that? <laughs> you you like, like that? that? <laughs> right. Okay. So, I just want to move us along. All right. So, <laughs> I got 155. I've got some money, Brad. I think I'm going to put a little money into tight end. So that seemed okay. like kind of 15 bucks. Um, I'm going to put it into a tight end. I'm going to get Mark Andrews. 15 bucks. Okay. Does that sound about right? Yeah, that's solid. And I, I like the idea of getting a piece of that Ravens offense. Can't argue with that pick. Uh, yeah, and the guy killed me last year. So <laughs> he's the type of guy I want to get on my roster as opposed to being on other people's roster. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to pay. You know, I had I put it in here possibly putting 20 down on my tight end. I think I'm going to put 15 on him. And then I, to me, I want to have some depth in this year of the COVID, all this stuff going on. So I'm definitely going to get a second tight end. Um, I had him on my list last week. So I'll go ahead and go with him again, Chris Herndon. So that gets me my 20 gets me out of tight end so brad what are you gonna do with tight end so let's see so okay you're at that 167 you have that kind of opinion can you where do you want to spend this money now can you afford your boy kittle at this point brad or is oh he, no is kittle is out gone. of the question kittle's out kittle's out i'm i'm going towards noah fan noah fan or uh ian thomas super value Okay, no fan. Let's say that you spend five bucks on five bucks. Let's say you spend six because you've talked them up. So I mean, if people yeah. are listening, well, hopefully that many people are listening, and that's okay. Yeah. All right, so six, <laughs> I put on no fan for you. Are you gonna get a second guy, Thomas for three? Thomas for three, love that. Ian Thomas. Let's say so. Let's let's call you at one seventy seven now. One six one seventy one seventy six. Okay, okay, and I put my twenty on my tight ends. I'm at one seventy five. What do you know? We're getting real close here. Okay. Uh, and now now this is always like the time of the draft, fellas, when it's, it's such a free-for-all because it's who's got money left, you know, what are their needs. There there might be players getting tossed up that you, you should easily afford, but somebody just completely overbids you because they got money left. So that can always happen. So to be clear here, I would go super value again at defense. You know, so mm-hmm. we get here, defense – I'm going to pick up two for two for a dollar each. I'm not going to pay two. My kicker is one. I have to pay that, unfortunately, every year. I have to pay one dollar on my kicker. It's, <laughs> it's an unfortunate circumstance. <laughs> so that leaves me that leaves me twenty two bucks for the rest of my roster. And I will tell you right now, I'm going to fill that in at all skill. That's all. That's 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 everything that's left is skill. So for me personally, I've gotten only three running backs and one uh, wide receiver on my roster. So now I'll definitely tell you, I'm going to scoop up. I'm looking at that situation. I got to spend money on another wide receiver. I can see that in my roster. But uh, Jonathan Taylor might be there, you know, calling your name at like uh, 15, 16 bucks. I'm interested in that. 
If Jonathan Taylor was calling my name at 12 bucks, I'd do it. I'm in there for 15 So, okay, I'd have to be out. I need a little bit more scratch than that. So I'd have to be out. I, I Don't get me wrong, I like Jonathan Taylor, but that would force me out in that situation. If I get him for 12, I would do it. I like to have a lot of running backs. The four, that would be that would really secure me at running back. I always feel like I can find wide receivers in season that are performing well. There's a lot of guys who I feel like that's a good spike position during the season where you can see a guy trending upward. So I like to leave that to what I can do in the season a lot of times. Well, I do agree with you, Rich. There are a plethora of wide receivers that are cheap uh, this year. But, okay, yeah, so seeing as my roster, I'm feeling like I only got, like, 10 bucks left for a really good, like, uh, value-type guy. I'm going to go Devontae Parker. I think I can get him for 10 bucks, and I think he's a stellar guy. I think he's top 12 potential. So I'll go Devontae. I think you can get him for 8. Okay, well, I'm going to put 10 because I think he's a valuable guy. Leaves me 12 bucks. And with, with Ryan Fitzpatrick at the helm, man, who knows? Uh Fitz is the kind of guy that can, he gets on a roll with Devontae Parker and he just start lighting it up every week. You know, eventually Tua is going to take over in Miami, but I wouldn't count out the connection with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Devontae Parker, man. I heard Tua was limping into the complex, so I don't know how Ooh. fast he's going to take over yeah, that job. another thing to consider, man. He did have that hip injury. I'm good with Fitzpatrick uh, taking about six games. It's perfect. To a takeover, be dynamic. I like uh, what Devontae Parker does. He did a Gruden again. Keep going, <laughs> man. I can't stop it. I like it. <laughs> I can't stop it now. I'm turning into Gruden. Uh, okay. <laughs> anyway, back on track. Uh, let's finish out your roster, Brad. You had that 175 so you're in that $25 range as well. Where do you want to spend that money at the end of your roster? You getting a good defense, or you gonna put that in a skill, or what? I'm gonna sh- throw about five bucks at a defense, maybe six. Get a five dollar defense and a one dollar defense. Pittsburgh Steelers, maybe calling your name. Yeah, Indy, Tennessee, one of those three. I like all of them. That's solid, man. Let's say you get Steelers and Tennessee for about seven bucks. I love that. I like it. Um, so that's one eighty-two. So you've got still about eighteen bucks for some skill. I got about 12 bucks for some skill. Yeah, man. All right. So um, pretty much we've spent our money. I mean, there's a little bit of the value guys left that we could throw in. That's our bench building section. Uh, We do that shit, but um, you know, I can run us through our rosters real quick and let's just discuss each roster real quick and we'll we'll wrap things up. Uh, Brad. So you came in, you got Drew Brees, you got Cam Newton, you got Josh Jacobs, uh, Kenyon Drake, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. That's your core running back. Uh, wide receiver of A.J. Brown, Emmanuel Sanders. Okay, then we get to tight end, Noah Fant, Ian Thomas. And then you've got good defense, Steeler, Tennessee. To me, I, I like the roster build. Solid. Strong. 8.5 out of 10, I'll give it. So you've got 11 players secured. you got three spots left. you got to get a kicker. Uh, you've got two more spots left to throw out some skill. I go that one one nice receiver left. I can go get him. And actually, yeah, Brad, we we had you still with your numbers. You had sixteen bucks left for those last two positions. So you've yeah. actually done fifteen and one. Well. yeah, that's doing really well. <laughs> I like that. Um, okay, I'll run you guys through my roster. I know you guys gave me shit, but um, I got Josh Allen. I got Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I got okay. I got running backs. I got Chris Carson, Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon, 
Okay, wide receivers, Chris Godwin, Devontae Parker, tight end, Mark Andrews, Chris Herndon. Uh, and then I threw some dollar defenses on here. I got the Chargers underrated defense and then the Browns underrated defense for a dollar on each of those guys. Um, so that being said, I, I like that roster. I don't toot my own horn, but I like that roster. Uh, I'll roll that out. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, you know, Josh Allen is going to be a strong uh, quarterback this year. I mean, I, he's just had a nice growth and progression, I think, for sure. So I like that build too, man. I mean, both of these, uh, let's see, I'll give that one an 8.7 on the Richter mm-hmm. scale. So, yeah. Just very, Both just very nice rosters, though. Uh, I should have like put Gurley on my team. I would have had 9.5. Yeah, well, a little more Falcons, bro, and I would have bumped you up, man. But you, you fucked it all up, bro. I guess we missed out on all those Falcons guys, but yeah, maybe Russell Gage. I didn't hear Russell Gage's name get called, so I'm a little maybe. disappointed in both you guys, man. Uh, well, what, what? What? I'm I'm curious. What gave the point two five or point two higher? Uh, it's Kirk Cousins for sure. Kirk Cousins, yeah, the love. <laughs> I, like I think if he's getting real about it, it's Mark Andrews. I think that's yeah. where I, I myself. I like the tight end is a little bit, yeah, a little bit nicer uh, over on Rich's side. I do agree with that. Yeah, but my backs are way better. Whoa, way better, way better, way better, way better. Oh, okay, hold on, Mark. Brad says his backs are way better, way better, better, way better. Okay, all right, let's let's line up the backs. Uh, throw the backs at me. I'll go Chris Carson. Okay, Chris Carson, you got Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Which one? Which one's better? Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Okay. I'm, I'm rolling okay. the dice. I would go with I would go with Clyde on that because the team he's on. Okay, Drake versus Mixon. Drake. I like Drake on that. Oh, you guys are gonna be so wrong. I, I love getting this shit on tape. This is good. Okay, <laughs> and then Sanders versus Jacobs. Jake uh, Jacobs. No, I'll go Sanders. I'll go Sanders on Philly. Okay, and um, Doug Peterson got COVID, man. Can't trust these <laughs> Who's who's the uh, best back of the bunch? Season in, out of the six, Kenny and Drake. I don't know, man. I like Kenny and Drake this year. I might say Josh Jacobs. No, oh, you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> they could be Clyde. Could be Clyde. Could be the dad. I actually think I think uh, Mark was right. It's actually Kenny and Drake. I don't know. Yeah, Clyde, man, I have a lot of high hopes for Clyde. Uh, he is a rookie, but stepping into that offense, now he's almost assured a bell cow role. Uh, i got to like Clyde up quite a bit. So, oh, some nice roster builds, guys. Real and, quick, Rich, name the teams that you're – Not a lot better. They're all moderately better. I'll tell you that I think Sanders is better than Jacobs. I think Joe Mixon is actually better than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You'll see. Uh, and then I think Chris Carson actually lines up better like than you're thinking he is. So I, I think that's where actually – if if actually like through this conversation, I actually would get suck up some more value because I think people undervalue these guys a lot. It, it, from what it sounds like, people are going to undervalue all three of those backs. So I could save even more money and get better players elsewhere. Yeah, I don't think people are paying for Joe Mixon this year. That's beautiful. I'll take it. I said that. <laughs> So what do you think people pay? I said 35, but you're telling me I could have paid 25? Yeah. Okay. Then, then guess what, Brad? I, I'll take uh, – if I'm going to save that money, what else am I going to save on, on Chris Carson? Because, you okay, I put in 30. Actually, no, I put in 35, the full 35. Am I paying 35 for Chris Carson? Maybe 32, but, yeah, he's pretty close to that. Okay, what I've saved about 13, 14 bucks. Brad, 
I now choose, uh, instead of my Mark Andrews, Chris Herndon situation, I choose to have George Kittle. Mm -hmm. Well, now that roster just went to a 9.3. So There you go. There you go. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. And so, like, yeah, for sure, like, I might be just a little bit behind on those backs, okay, and that's actually good for me if I look at this kind of situation. So, actually, it's, it's good because we've come out of this situation where I'm going, okay, I'm looking, and if I can squeeze a little money out of this situation, then I can get really high-end tight end. Don't go cheap, guys. Get your value out of your backs. Don't get Joe Mixon. You guys are the fantasy experts. And one of the reasons they got that way is they go through several roster builds, you know, oh, yeah. in the preseason, you know, leading up to the draft. And it's something uh, I also do from time to time. But these guys are really locked in when it comes to these roster builds. So some good uh, quality information. And maybe, guys, uh, yeah, we'll post those different rosters, value-based rosters you guys came up with uh, on the social media, on Instagram or Facebook, and, you know, the fans can interact and see uh, who's siding with Rich, see if they agree with my uh, Richter scale grades, and uh, see who thinks uh, Brad, you know, came out on the better end of that roster. That might be fun, so. I would love to see these results. Yeah, I'm gonna change it though with Kittle though. I'm gonna make it Kittle. I'm gonna, I'm gonna adjust his numbers and put it as right. Kittle instead now. It's on record. Let's wrap it up, guys. All right, fellas. Well, that was a fun little episode. You know, kind of broke it in half. You know, did some news and notes in the front and then some draft strategy hits uh, on the back end. So, for all you uh, you know fans out there, the auction drafters, you know the draft is approaching. And, uh, hey, just keep tuning in. Uh, check us out on the socials. Follow us on the uh, different platforms, Instagram and Facebook, and also uh, the pod platforms. If we could run through them real quick at the end here, Rich. I think we got four different pod platforms. Can't even say that phrase anymore. Pod platforms. It's hard to say. We are uh, <laughs> platform down that we are streaming on. So, uh, fill us in on that. I know Apple Podcasts is a big one for us. We always appreciate people showing us love on that. Yeah, man, I, I definitely say, you know, if you got an iPhone, go into there's a podcast app right in there. Search us up. The Organic Football Podcast will pop up. Big green graphic definitely makes sense. Hit that up. We're on Apple. We're on Podbean, which was our original source. So we always call them out. We give them the love. Uh, then, uh, you know, we've, we're on Spotify and then finally we got our clearance. We are good to go. We are on our iHeart radio now. So hit us up on there guys. And obviously, yeah, hit us up on the socials. Uh, we appreciate all the love. If you do happen to hit Instagram, you know, we did get a cool artwork, uh, submission, uh, for our podcast that you guys might want to check out a cool illustration of the OFP. So that's up there on the Instagram. All right, guys, Brad, Rich, it's been real, fellas. Uh, good to talk to you guys again. And we are going to wrap it up here on Please. the Organic Football Podcast. Late. Sayonara. Ding, 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 ding. We have a winner.